I mean, uh, as I'm far also... as I'm concerned, my skin suit is a husk, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're both getting a little punchy. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. I'm like blinking really fast right now and talking about how my skin suit is a husk. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Thank God we're not on video. <laughs> Recording in progress. Oh my God. Well, hello, everyone. Mm -hmm. And welcome back to Don't Kill Your Darlings. As, as always, I'm Monica. I'm Sarah. And we're going to tell you a fucking story. Yes, we are. Today is my day. Um, and I'm going to be telling you one that's sort of um, local to, to me because I'm in, well, I live in Chicago and this is an Illinois story. And this is a, about, this takes place in a, a city short, shortly outside of Chicago in Illinois. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, do you want to like jump right, right into it? Or like, how was your really? weekend? Like, you know, I'd... my weekend was okay. Um, so I went to this Oddities and Curiosities Expo. Yeah. yeah, I wanted you to tell me about that. It was it was pretty fun. It wasn't as much fun as I expected because it was like really crowded and not as much like cool stuff as I wanted. Oh. Um, it wasn't as much vintage stuff, um, but it, there was like some cool stickers. Um, everyone was almost everyone was in black. And I was like, this is my people. Um, everyone had like funny color hair. And I was like, yeah, but overall, it was fun. I'm glad I went. Um, but there are other places I will go in the future instead like there's a vintage garage event where it's they um rent out two floors of like a parking garage and they sell vintage stuff and handmade crafts and these kinds of things that's much preferable to this at like an expo center so oh okay that's i mean that's still cool i i was like when you said oddities and curiosities i was like oh my god do they have like full-on skeletons from science labs and like no they had taxidermy stuff they had um skulls like animal skulls um they had spooky jewelry uh costumes and um artwork and um performances there was a freak show but you had to pay extra to do that um and what else did they have um crystals of course sage you know herbs all that kind of stuff all the white girl crystals of course you can't miss those i have too many crystals so i was i, I forbid myself from buying anymore oh my god you can always i have zero crystals <laughs> literally i have marbles <laughs> no i have marbles and crystals i think i just like shiny rocks i collected rocks as a kid so yeah i mean shiny rocks is legit i like it yeah apparently they all have like energies or something i don't know i'm i'm a white girl but i'm not that white girl so i just i just like them because they're pretty whatever yeah, i like that yeah uh okay um i'm good uh, uh my weekend was good i think um couldn't tell you what i did <laughs> oh i had a book club i had book club Ooh. last night so that was fun and today i went skiing which is why i'm so tired I went above and beyond my skill level, and so my legs are, <laughs> they're hurting. So, That'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, it was, it was a fun weekend. And, um, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of burned out just from two events. Jesus Christ, I need to get out of my house more. <laughs> I hear you. Like, I did that yesterday and came home and was like, pajama time. And then today I was like, I'm going grocery shopping. Came home and I was like, could I lay on the couch for a while? 
Oh, yeah. I was bumming out on the couch before we did this. I was watching the hockey game, which is a really good hockey game. I can't wait to see if we won or not. <laughs> so. Oh, did some cooking as well, which was fun. Oh, yes. What'd you make for dinner? Um, yesterday made burgers and potato wedges. Tonight was pizza and um, I ate a bunch of fruit. I'm trying to eat more fruit um, and a bunch of snacks, just like a bunch of snacks. Oh, and popcorn, obviously. Oh, nice. I had pizza for dinner too, but it was a frozen pizza. That's delicious as well. Yeah, it actually was. I've never had this brand before and it was pretty good. Couldn't tell you what the brand was, but it was better than I anticipated. And then I had a ton of peanut butter M&Ms. So. Yeah, they're the best kind of M&Ms. I actually like very much, very strongly dislike regular M&Ms. I miss crunchy M&Ms. Crispy. Crispy. The crispy ones were good. I miss those. It's like Rice Krispie Treat, but inside an M&M. Yeah, those were good. I forgot about those. Yeah, I'm just a big fan of the peanut butter. That's bad. The, the crispy ones were good. I think that's, I've, I really don't like any of the other ones. So yeah, when I was at the grocery today, apparently they have like a key lime flavor M&M or something like that. It was like in the Easter aisle and I had to just nope out of the aisle. I was like, oh. nope. That's a hard pass. You know what? My, my grocery store in the tiny town that I live in uh, doesn't have the fucking Cadbury cream eggs right now. All they have is like the Cadbury caramel eggs. They don't have the cream ones. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't like the caramel ones. I want the cream ones. I get them every fucking Easter and like they just don't exist in my town. I know. I know. But I'm I'm flying to Minnesota next weekend. So hopefully I'll be able to pick some up. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, right? They didn't just disappear off the face of the planet, right? Oh, no. Mm-mm. They're not the, the kinder eggs that we're not allowed to have. We have to have or the kinder surprise or whatever that you can have in Europe and can't have here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. No, it's not that. They're, they're somewhere. There's just this little town decided not to import them this year, and I'm very upset with whatever person in power made that decision. <laughs> Curse that deity. <sighs> I know. Curse the grocery store manager. Just kidding. He's a really nice guy. Okay, so, so, yeah. Anyway, we are we going gonna to jump into it? Let's, let's dive in. Sweet. All righty. So my story today is about the Hendricks family. I'm going to call it a massacre because it was, or family annihilation. Oh, annihilation. That's a big word. Yeah. I'm setting the scene. November 7th, 1983. It was election day. Um, And the setting is Bloomington Normal in central Illinois. So just setting the scene. So rather than the results of the election being like the focus on the news outlets, news coverage at the time was focused on the fact that four members of the Hendricks family had been found dead and mutilated in their home. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Gross. I was going to say, I'm sure you're going to elaborate on the mutilation, but that part is just like, ugh. Definitely gross. I don't even like the word mutilation. Mm -mm. Mm. Um, So David Hendricks, 29 at the time, telephoned the police from a Wisconsin business trip, or so he claimed, to ask for a wellness check on his family in Bloomington Normal. He asked for a wellness check of his family, his wife, Susan, 30, their kids, Rebecca, 9, Grace, 7, Benjamin, 5. So he said that he had left for Wisconsin at around midnight on November 4th, and that his calls home had gone unanswered since then. His concerns, if they were real, were valid because Susan and the children were found in large pools of blood with no evidence of struggle. Authorities later said upon the inspection upon finding the bodies. Um, And beside the bodies 
for two weapons, an ax and a butcher knife. They did not have fingerprints on them. This feels personal already. And I mean, anyone who listens to this knows true crime. It's always the husband. It's got to He's got to be suspect number one. And midnight is a weird time to go to Wisconsin. Continue. I'm going to drive all night. You're going to work now? Like what? Uh, why? Why? Yeah. It's why? just a weird time to take off to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he then gave further background details on what he did before leaving for Madison, Wisconsin. He said he had taken the kids to Chuck E. Cheese. They got home at about 830 from this dinner and arcade games the, the research said they played in the arcade of a well-known um chain restaurant and another article was like they went to chuck e cheese <laughs> yeah like don't even pretend the chuck e cheese isn't just like the gutter trash of of arcade restaurants like <laughs> jesus so he was alone with the kids because susan was at a baby shower at the time in a nearby city and hendrix said that he put the kids to bed at nine and then Susan returned home at about 10. So between 11 and midnight, Hendrix allegedly left for his business trip in Madison. I don't know if you can already tell my opinion, but. <laughs> See, we're both on the same page here. It's always the husband or the boyfriend. Always. Those mm-hmm. jealous bastards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep in mind that the Hendrix family was generally well-liked and respected within the community. And David had earned more than a million dollars at his job. He was an inventor of a back brace because he was an orthopedist. So he helped invent like a specific kind of back brace. So he'd earned a lot of money. Wow. I'm reevaluating my life choices at this point. Fuck. I mean, you don't want to be him, but okay. <laughs> well, no, but I would like to have that amount of money. <laughs> That's fair. Um, the family were also devout Christians and of a very specific sect, which I will talk about in a second. So for a time his alibi held up due to his general you know the characterization of himself within the community but then later the emmy's report arrived and based on the food in the kid's stomach they died at around 9 30 while david hendrix was still at home with them okay so his story is already not checking out so on december 5th of that uh, like a couple days uh later um or not a couple days later but later a month later sorry oh okay so we're fast forwarding a month december 5th 1983 hendrix was arrested and charged with four counts of murder and the district attorney during his trial did discuss hendrix's devout christianity he was active in the plymouth brethren again i'd never heard of it it's apparently very conservative and very strict and this participation and outside social image would have prevented him potentially of getting a divorce And so the DA alleged that he killed his family to get out of this marriage due to his devoutness to the religion. Hmm. That's you. A great deal of information came up during the trial and not just about the crime scene. Um, For instance, prosecution noted that there seemed to be an absence of a struggle, as we'd said, and that it was the husband. Mm -hmm. Sorry, because it was the husband. Continue. And that the back door was unlocked. Because it was the husband. However, at the time in the Bloomington normal area, a lot of residents didn't tend to lock their doors. And I'm sure you're familiar with this concept, Monica. Yes, uh, except I'm a freak and I do lock my doors, but I think I might be the only one. Oh my God, can I tell you a really side story from last night? So last night, um, my husband um, 
he went, well, it was one of his friend's birthdays in another state. So he was out of state for the night and I was home alone and I went to book club and then I got home and I realized I had left the side door unlocked and I freaked out even though I live in the middle of fucking nowhere and no one came into my house, but I freaked out anyway. And I made my, my big ass, like 90 pound dog come with me and clear every room. I like looked under every bed. I went in every closet. I was like sitting there, I had my gun with me because I'm a freak. And I was like, oh my God, what if there's someone in here? And it was, it took like 30 seconds to clear my house, but I, my heart was pounding and I thought that for no reason at all, someone had snuck into the side door of my house, which they would have to climb over a fence in order to do that. So it's just, Hey, and, trust your and I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Anyway. So that's my story about how I had a little freak out last night because it, I forgot to lock my door one time. Hey, I don't blame you. Yes. But I don't think anyone else in this town does, but I'm me. So you're allowed to be exactly who you are and keep track of your safety yes i do and i'm very neurotic about it so fair enough in light of kind of what you're saying actually <laughs> so the locked door unlocked door thing wasn't deemed unusual but after the news broke about the hendrix family there was an increased sale of sturdier doors sturdier locks and an increase in locksmith services god look at that mm -hmm. anyway more evidence presented later indicated that there were potentially two killers using the two separate weapons, you know, the axe and the butcher knife. Blood spatter was found all around the room. Um, it was a bedroom, so on the bedding and the walls that they were butchered in, but not anywhere else except for a very, very faint, bloody shoe print by the back door, the unlocked back door. Hmm. Wait, they were all murdered in the same room? Yes. Oh, that's odd. With no signs of a struggle. That's odd. Huh, because usually kids like, you know, especially at that age would sleep in their own bedroom. Nine, seven and five. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they were sleeping or if they were like corralled there. Uh, I, hmm, hmm. Some to think about, but yes, that is really odd that they were all in the same room. Okay. Yep. During the trial, some of the witnesses were models that David Hendricks had worked with. They modeled his back brace invention for like promotional photos. I don't, I don't know, it gets weirder. Yeah, so they gave testimony about his behavior, which I'll get into. There was testimony that he had recently changed his appearance a great deal within about a year or so, maybe a little bit more. He had lost roughly 40 pounds. He changed his hairstyle, updated his wardrobe, etc. Okay, a little, little odd, but not necessarily really bad. Bad, you know, maybe he's just feeling himself. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. As one fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one model even gave a statement that she thought he smelled good. Again, that's not evidence of anything. It's just a creepy comment to make about someone else, like in general. <laughs> that's really odd. Yeah. Um, however, other models stated that he had made inappropriate comments to them and even touched them during photo shoots. Gross. Um, yeah. Speaking of creepy as fuck. His call to the police is gross. And so I would know, I will note that I hate listening to those kinds of calls, um, especially when they sound guilty as I'll get out. Um, so I just read a transcript and I'll read you a bit of it, like a snippet. Um, okay. And I'll tell you who's speaking. So, okay. Dispatcher, Bloomington Police, Hendricks. Yeah, this is David Hendricks calling from, I'm up in Madison, Wisconsin. I live in Bloomington and I'm on a business trip right now. I'm a little concerned about my wife and kids because I've been trying to call one day and haven't gotten. Dispatcher, where do you live? Hendricks, any answer? 
I live at 313 Carl Drive. Now, here are the circumstances. I've tried to call them periodically through the day and haven't gotten them. I'm sure it's no big deal, no big emergency, but uh, they're supposed to be at a dinner date tonight at 5.30. So I called there to talk to her there. Um, they never showed up there. Dispatcher, what's your wife's name? Hendricks, Susan Hendricks. And they're not at home because I called a neighbor who's gone over to the house and knocked. So I think they might've gone in an accident between Bloomington and Delavan, probably took Strington Road. Dispatcher, okay, well, you're, well, that couldn't. We can go out to Carl, Carl Drive and check on that. Hendricks, well, the neighbor's been out there. They're not home. That's creepy. Who and also who in a nine one one call says here is the circumstances like you? Who the fuck talks like that? You and like you, I don't like any of that. Mm, Yeah, I wanted to include that just to show like the detached nature of his response. Yeah, and what's he? What is what is he trying to get the cops to do then? If he's like a a wellness check. Well, he apparently he knows that they're not home. So why is he sending the cops to the house if he knows allegedly he says they're not there? I think he's establishing an alibi. Ah, well, anyway, Mm -hmm. that's creepy. Yeah. So police felt that his behavior after the murders was strange, to put it fucking mildly. Uh, So they arrested him. That's the trial. Now, the fucky part, another of the fucky parts, I should say, was that the only physical evidence given in the first trial oh i gave spoiler for, there's more than one trial oh um, mm-hmm. the only physical evidence given in the first trial was that the contents of the children's stomachs was the pizza they had at chuck e cheese however some research has shown that stomach content analysis is useful but perhaps not 100 accurate in measuring specificity in the time of death oh and i want to note this part really reminded me of the jamine ramsey case um, where they only found pineapple in her stomach mm-hmm. But in her case, there was a lot more physical evidence than just that. And even her case went unsolved. Like the the stomach contents isn't a whole lot of physical evidence to go on. No, not necessarily. So other evidence appears to have been circumstantial and character based at the time and the time of the first trial. That was enough for the jury to find him guilty. So Judge Richard Boehner sentenced him to life in prison because he was unable to give the death penalty as the prosecution could not provide enough physical evidence of Henderson's guilt beyond reasonable doubt, which is the threshold for a criminal case. But Judge Banner himself remained unconvinced of Hendrix's guilt. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So into Maynard Correctional Facility, he went. He went to overturn his trial. Like or he worked to overturn his trial like during his first years there. But guess what? He got remarried in prison to a... <sighs> wife named pat for fuck's sake how many times do i have to tell this on this fucking show ladies stop fucking getting in with the prison guys like come on you've got we've got we're smarter than that we've got to be smarter than that ladies like what's the appeal they can't go anywhere like literally what's the appeal i don't he, he murdered people like his wife and whole family like jesus christ come on that pisses me off so much Fuck. he can't murder me he's in prison for life <sighs> god damn it that makes Sorry, me so mad i don't think they should be allowed to get married in prison i guess it's i guess that's a religious thing you can't really whatever i think it probably is so during his during the his work trying to figure a way out of prison 
Um, he appealed to the Illinois Supreme Court. Justice William G. Clark ruled the case entirely circumstantial, stating that, that there was no direct evidence linking him to the crime. And Clark mentioned the de devout religiosity, the recent weight loss and appearance change, his attitudes towards the models at work were merely circumstantial. And he claimed there was no link between these things and the conviction of murder. I understand to some extent where he's coming from about the physical evidence. There are so many more details I will get into that are not circumstantial. Oh, and okay. I, I do believe we're kind of damn damning. Yeah, I was like, you know, I, you know, some people are just fucking assholes, but that doesn't make them murderers necessarily. So I, I get where he's coming from. It gets worse, as always. Oh, of course. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less. So in case we need yet another bitter laugh about the justice system, Clark stated, and I quote, the mere fact that Hendricks worked with models who were seen in various states of undress without more does not give rise to an escalation of sexual aggression. Evidence may not be manipulated to support a theory. When the model's testimony is considered in its proper order, it presents no more than a haphazard series of encountered, encounters, isolated instances of what could be labeled by some as sexual attraction or clumsy attempts with adolescent urges. Ew. Because why trust women in various states of undress who say that a man in power, their boss, treated them in a gross and disgusting fashion? Also, what the fuck kind of back braces were these that they had to be naked to model them? What the fuck? I don't know. What in the world? Like when you said they were modeling back braces, I assume they were in like, you know, fucking, I don't, I don't know, to close. <laughs> it's baffling. Mm -hmm. This is, this is weird. This is wild. Mm -hmm. So in 1990, the Illinois Supreme Court overturned Henderson's conviction and granted him another court hearing. The second hearing left out the prosecution's information from the models, his potential desire for a divorce based on his recent appearance change, etc. The second trial also inexplicably involved one of Hendricks's prison inmates as a witness, but this witness was ultimately deemed unreliable by the defense. So like brought in bad information and took out helpful information. All right. All right. Um, during the second trial, the jury deliberated for 12 hours and they found Hendricks not guilty and he was acquitted. Oh, yay. Mm -hmm. So after this farce of a second trial, Hendricks moved to Florida. He reestablished his orthopedics slash back brace business. And also upon being released, Hendricks told the press, I am not a man of faith anymore. I mean, yeah. sure. Interesting developments and theories that occurred after his release. Hendricks has now been married four times. Oh, a little player. Mm -hmm. Oh, and now he's not into religion, so he can divorce them all. Mm -hmm. He remains living with his fourth wife in Florida uh, with their children. Okay. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Susan's family attended his weddings, weddings, her family. And they've continued to state that they do not believe he was the murderer of Susan, Rebecca, Grace, and Benjamin, which is weird. Like, even if you don't believe that he's guilty, like, why attend his new weddings? Yeah, that seems odd. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. No. A former Pentagraph journalist named Steve Vogel published a book called Reasonable Doubt, which covered the case. It was published in 1992. In 2018, he told the Pentagraph that he believes that David Hendricks probably did not commit the crime. 
citing Susan's family's treatment of him as some kind of proof, I guess, claiming that Hendrix wasn't looking for some kind of new lifestyle, I guess, which if we're talking circumstantial, that's circumstantial. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty circumstantial. Like, you know, um, manipulative people are very good at getting people to like them. Thus the four marriages. Yeah. Other interesting details about the case. One of the models who testified at the original trial, the first one, purchased the home where the murder took place at 313 Clark, living in it until 2001. Um, Another model ended up marrying the lawyer who cross-examined her during the first trial. What the fuck? This is like an episode. This is like the Twilight Zone. What in God's name is happening? I know. I was baffled the entire time I was researching this. In 2008, Susan's sister, Martha Niels, called a press conference and she accused her now ex-husband, John, of killing Susan, Rebecca, Grace, and Benjamin. She stated the need to reopen the case and the need to investigate her ex-husband, deeming him mentally unstable. Despite the fact that initially she had claimed that she was his alibi for the night of the murders, she had said that he was home with her all night. But during the press conference and after the divorce, Of course, she changed her tune, saying that he'd gone to lift weights rather than staying at home with her all night. Um, But David did note that John, the brother-in-law, was jealous of his money. Again, David being a millionaire. And there were many theories about this as well, such as that John worked alone to do his act due to his jealousy of David's money or that David hired him to kill his family and then made up the story about this jealousy like to cover his tracks essentially Hmm. yeah it's it's wild from start to finish in terms of that press conference happening later too yeah so after this press conference the mclean county state's attorney bill yoder announced that he couldn't take he couldn't ask the Bloomington police department to reopen the case or investigate john and he said that the reason as there was no credible leads or further physical evidence which I suppose there isn't. It's just a press conference. Yeah, makes sense. Interestingly, and again, horribly, one of the pieces I read while doing my research said that 127 pieces of physical evidence remain in the evidence vaults with the Bloomington Police Department, including the sealed contents of the children's stomach contents at the time of their deaths. Wait, what? Apparently there's a bunch of evidence that hasn't been examined. Okay. But they also like have the contents of the stomach and like fucking Ziploc baggies in an evidence locker. That's what the article said. Or they have the results of the contents that are sealed, like on file. It just said sealed contents. And I was like, I don't want to necessarily look further. My impression is that perhaps it's, they did the, the report and then they sealed it away because they put it on file or whatever. I don't really know. Interesting. Um, but my my gut instinct when I first read it was like, that's really gross. Please don't keep gross pizza from t- t- a million years ago in a box in a closet. But I'm hoping it is just facts about physical evidence that never made it to trial. I'm not hoping. I wish they had made it to trial, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or they have a, a large freezer for things like that, I would hope. I do know in like in terms of evidence lockers, you can keep non-perishables readily on hand, like 
for example, a shit ton of cocaine. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not an issue. But the contents of a child's stomach uh, yeah. should probably be uh, in a freezer somewhere, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a biohazard bag <laughs> in, a med- in a medical waste facility. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they were keeping it for further analysis then i would i mean that's all i'm saying is you know if it still exists then it's got to be freeze-dried or something i do know they keep dna evidence for later analysis knowing that technology might be better later so yeah you get so in in case a case is reopened but this is different like they they knew who this was from they're not going to dna test it like yeah so to this date the case of the hendrix family murders remains cold unsolved Ugh. that's the story because it's unsolved i don't i don't got my mean to. yeah yeah that's it i mean we can speculate that's all we want because it's always the husband but um <laughs> it doesn't mean it's true but you just in the true crime community we all know it's always the husband always know it's always the husband yeah um there's also speculation that her sister was jealous of susan attending the baby shower the night of the murder and so like maybe that was a factor and i was like who's jealous of someone attending a baby shower that they are also attending like it was like a mutual friends baby shower that they were attending from what i had read why would you be jealous of your sister also attending a baby shower with you <laughs> and who would be jealous of anyone attending a baby shower baby showers are kind of weird most of the time especially when at night <laughs> yeah like what yeah like she got home at what was it like 10 10 9 or 10 something like that i think I, i'm already forgetting my details yeah they're party people i guess <laughs> yeah. uh, she, she went away from david um, perhaps yeah i mean huh? maybe she was the one having an affair perhaps yeah. <laughs> lots of speculation no one trusts us on on our speculations yeah i'm not a detective <laughs> no no we're just reporting the facts and the husband always does it <laughs> yeah yeah, but yeah, there is a, a book about it, um, a Reasonable Doubt, but I don't even really necessarily trust that guy because like, I don't think David did it. And I was like, cool, I don't think you're a good journalist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, well, that's terrible. I hate it when the kids die. Like, when adults die, I'm like, eh, you know, but fuck the kids, man. And so young. And they just got to Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, at least they had a good night, I hope. I'm... And it's just it's such a, not only that they died, but the shitty circumstances under which they died, no matter who did it, an axe and a butcher knife in a bedroom with their family. Uh, so, you know, they I mean, they couldn't all be taken out at once. Some of them had to watch the other. Oh, God damn it. Again, with no signs of struggle. Uh, so in those instances from, again, our armchair criminologist, <laughs> in those instances, a lot of times, in order to subdue one person, they will say, like, I'll treat the other person kindly if you don't struggle, if you don't, et cetera, et cetera, don't scream, et cetera, et cetera, which, again, manipulation. But a lot of times it works, especially with family members or children. Yeah, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's a fucking downer. Sorry. Not that we ever tell a good upper story. It's, it's well, always a downer. I should try to find a crime that ends happily. Huh. Yeah. really really isn't one we should um try to come up with something to like end it on a happy note and we should be like oh uh, like like a fun fact of the like you know like those snapple facts at the top of the <laughs> we should come up with like some fun like snapple 
not i mean not taking their facts but like just like a weird random fact that would maybe deter from the terrible feelings that we're all feeling right now just like random fact yeah just like you know something to take our minds off of the terrible things we just um talked about um a lot of red dye was originally made from scarab beetles because of the color of their like husk oh that's cool yeah that's why a lot of red a lot of red for example candies aren't vegan (gasps) what i mean uh, that was that (laughs) used to be not anymore maybe not scare beetles but bugs and beetles with because of their red coloring in their 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 wings on the back mm-hmm. oh that's cool I, I knew a lot of candies weren't vegan but i knew a lot of them were like aren't sour patch kids vegan i think so skittles didn't used to be but now they are oh now they are yeah oreos mm-hmm. are vegan yeah, that's right it's supposed to be a cream filling what the fuck is in the middle of it then <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what it's better off not knowing no, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna keep on eating them. Yeah, oh, they're delicious. Yeah, I don't know why I said husk when I was talking about the beetles. Um, that's not a word that applies to a beetle. I meant their their exoskeleton, their wings. Oh, the husk exoskeleton. It's all the same. Cool. So there's your fun fact. Your your don't kill your darlings fun fact of the week. Now mm-hmm. we all know that. Red dyes, some red dyes come from beetles. Mm -hmm. And another fun fact about red dye in terms of tattoos, a lot of people are, if you're allergic to some kind of tattoo ink, it is probably red. Oh. Usually related to, I believe it's iron. If you're sensitive to iron. Interesting. Don't quote me on that one. Um, when I got my most recent tattoo, my tattoos was like, oh yeah, a lot of people are sensitive to red. And like, I looked it up and I forgot why, but I'm pretty sure it was iron. Interesting. Well, I'm I'm not clearly. (laughs) No, no one can see. She has, she's all tatted up. That's one. (laughs) Uh, well, uh, this episode of don't kill your darlings is sponsored by the color red color red, (laughs) like blood, (laughs) like blood. God, this is supposed to be happy facts. We have to take it away. Um, Well, um, I'm happy that my blood is still inside my body. There we go. There we have it. All right. Well, um, yeah. Wow. Wow. That was a tangent. Sarah, where can the people find us on Instagram? On Instagram, we're at DKYD podcast. And on Gmail, we're at DKYD podcast at gmail.com. And that is it for now. indeedy do because we are both punchy as shit <laughs> yes we are it's it's it's, it's not even late at night but it's later at night and i had a long day skiing so i i fell asleep when it was late this morning so i hear you oh jesus christ yeah your sleep schedule is so wonky it's very wonky yep it's all but okay we made it work we did make it work we're here and now we're uh in your eardrums if you're listening so yeah mm-hmm. perfect it's like a like a half round we're here we're in your ears (laughs) yes exactly well thank you all for listening to don't kill your darlings love you and stay fresh bags talk to you guys next week